Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. You're listening to Rob Kendall. The Republican Party in Indiana sees zero problem in record spending, in record taxation. And Casey Daniels. You went out there and said, please vote for me. You debated other people on why you're the better person for the position. Suck it up. This is the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIPC. Good morning. It is Thursday, December 8th. It is seven minutes after nine. His name is Rob Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels, and she is safe. She is on a plane. She is on her way home. That is what President Biden tweeted out earlier this hour in regards to Brittany Griner, who has been released from a Russian prison in a one-for-one prisoner swap in exchange international arms dealer Victor Bout has been returned back to Russia. This took place yesterday in United Arab Emirates. So, so we gave up as a nation and conveniently it was one day after the special election in Georgia. Mm. Notice they could have made this deal at any time. Six months ago, this was all over the news that this deal was on the table. But because Biden... And the people who run this country are a bunch of gutless cowards who are wed to ideology and ideologists above the safety of this nation didn't have the you-know-whats to pull the string then. And remember, at the time, there was a Marine, a former Marine, who was also going to be a part of the deal, who apparently, now that the election's over, they told them him to kiss their ass. You can just die in a Russian prison. He's still there. They gave away... One of the most dangerous people in the entire world. The, uh, there was a movie made about this guy. Nicholas Cage, well, Warlord, was the movie. That's how infamous and dangerous this guy is. They gave away one of the most dangerous people in the entire world who will get, who knows, Casey, how many people killed now that he is back out in society at a time, Casey, where we as a nation are spending billions of dollars of printed money mm-hmm. to Ukraine because they're in a fight with who? Russia. Russia. Yeah. Gee, don't you think one of the most connected, famous, infamous arms dealers in the world might be kind of uh, beneficial mm-hmm. to Russia Yeah. as we're sending billions of dollars over to the Ukraine? We gave away that guy for a basketball player. And once the election was over, because he wasn't of the right political affiliation, we left the Marine to die. Boy, Joe Biden sure does have a track record of leaving U.S. servicemen to die, doesn't he? So the U.S. serviceman, Paul Whelan, was in Moscow for a wedding when he was detained and then charged with espionage, charges that all parties say is false. And Victor Bout, the guy we're returning back to Russia, did have a 25-year federal prison sentence, which is now over because he's a, quote-unquote, free man to Russia. The, yeah, You're right, the people in the YouTube chat. You're right. The vein is pulsing in my neck Mm -hmm. because I'm so sick of seeing this country be given away. I am so sick of seeing what has happened to this nation and the fact that these gutless cowards in Washington, D.C., the Biden administration, 
waited until the day after the election to do this because they knew what it was and they knew what they were doing. But getting this woman home Mm -hmm. because of a variety of reasons that have nothing to do with the safety and security of this nation, Mm -hmm. who she is, what her ideology is. And the amount of noise that was made over this, and they left the Marine to die. The Marine is still there, but the basketball player is safe, on a plane, and on her way home. Now, make no mistake, this would have been a bad deal that you should not make even if the Marine were involved, right? Like, that is terrible what happened to him. That is awful. But you cannot let lunatics know that if they just take innocent people hostage that you will give in. That used to be the standard for the United States, right? It used to be, hey, if you go to a dangerous place and something happens to you, I'm sorry you're on your own because we don't negotiate with terrorists. Now we not only negotiate with terrorists, we let them dictate the terms because somehow in six months, the deal got worse. Mm-hmm. And Biden couldn't sprint to sign off on that deal fast enough. We the, the, the calamity that is going to happen because this guy is a free man again, the merchant of death, untold terrible things are going to happen and we got a basketball player back Mm -hmm. who who had who had no respect for this country anyway right exactly and and that's what i was thinking she's happy to be on her way home i bet she is you you you, you get you get you get the government you deserve and i guess it sucks for the rest of us because we have to live with this Man, just I was just, it's rare anything happens anymore in the news or with government that, yeah, there's things I get obviously upset about, but that I am just genuinely, I almost moved to tears right now, Casey, Mm -hmm. because our country used to be something better than this, man. We used to be the position of strength in the world. Like you did not mess with the United States. And because of the bumbling old buffoon in the White House, who they know, not him, but the people who control him, will put ideology above all all else, you can do whatever you want to the United States, and we will roll over and play dead and apologize, because that's who runs this nation now. A bunch of people who are apologists for American greatness and what America once stood for and what America has become. This is just such a sad day for this country. President Biden was posting pictures of himself hugging Sherelle Griner, Brittany Griner's wife, and yet a phone call was placed to Paul Whelan's family to let them know that he was not returning home. They left the she Marine. She got hugs. His family got a phone call. To die. They left him to die. They had him in the deal earlier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, like uh, just... I don't even know what to say about. It. Like I've I've tried. Obviously, this news came down right before we were getting ready to go on air, so I was trying to do other stuff, also processing this. But it's just, it just breaks my heart how weak this country has become and how woke ideology. And you know what this is really reminiscent of. And and uh, you know I'm, I'm processing this in real time, so things are just kind of coming in my head. In 2020. No matter what people did, if you were of a certain political belief system or your skin happened to be a certain color, Mm -hmm. whatever you did, whatever you destroyed, whatever you took, in some cases, whatever you killed, it was totally excused. Well, America asked for it. America had it coming. Yeah, but they're 
taking innocent people's stuff and they're burning things to the ground. And I mean, here in this city, we had a guy on camera, everybody knew who he was, who pulled a weapon mm -hmm. and stuck it in the face of a defenseless motorist under the interstate and everybody knew who the guy was and the guy's still out roaming free. Everybody knows who it is. It was on camera. There's no, well, that picture is really telling terrible details because that person was of the right political ideology at the right time. The law doesn't mean anything anymore. Um, the justice system doesn't mean anything anymore. We don't stand for anything anymore. And this is just like a reminder of that, where if you are of the right per political persuasion, if you are woke, we will do whatever it takes to make sure that you are happy. Destroy our city, paint Indiana Avenue, that's fine. Uh, you're the right political persuasion and, and your wife can make a, a, enough of a stink in this country. Well, we'll go to the ends of the earth to get you home, including giving one of the most dangerous people in the world. We'll exchange an arms dealer. An arms dealer. <laughs> it's just... Meanwhile, Paul Whelan's been in Russian custody for four years. She was there, what, nine months? The Marine is going to die. The Marine is going to be left to die. And even if he doesn't actually die, the life he will live, he there's probably times where he wishes he was dead. Yeah. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Hey, the most popular Christmas song in the state of Indiana right there. It is 20 minutes after 9 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And let's take a look at some trending stories. Open Table has released their annual list of the nation's top 100 most beloved restaurants in America. Two made the list from Indiana. They are St. Elmo Steakhouse and also the Cake Bake in Carmel City Center. Oh, two places I can never afford. <laughs> right. <laughs> with a high dollar. Have you ever been to either one of those places? I have not. Oh, yeah. Um uh, the St. Elmo is obviously a legendary institution, mm -hmm. and the Cake Bake Shop now, obviously, with locations in Carmel and Broad Ripple, um, they will charge you about $93.71 for a piece of cake. Mm -hmm. And every woman who ever goes in there says it's totally worth it. Oh, really? Because they don't have to pay for it! Also trending is the American Girl doll brand. They're causing outrage over their new book. It's aimed at discussing gender issues, including advice on transitioning. Also information about puberty blocker drugs. It's a 96-page book called A Smart Girl's Guide Body Image. And finally trending... It's the vibe.com has released their list of America's most miserable cities. Guess what, Indiana? One of our cities ranks at number one. What? Number one. America's most miserable L city. Let you want to take a guess? Yeah, let me guess. Let me guess. Let me guess. Let me guess. Gary. You're so close. Oh. So close. Hammond. Oh, Tom McDermott City. All right. Yeah, they say the city population has decreased by more than 6% over the past decade. It used to be a leading industrial town. Now it has nothing but air and water pollution and lead contamination. It's hard to... So think about this is this is the state of the Democrat Party in Indiana. You know, what, you got 7 million people in this state, and the best that they could come up with, with is the guy who is the mayor of the most miserable... <laughs> city in the entire is it country mm -hmm. we're number one in the whole country hammond 
Number one in the country, America's most miserable city. You know, Kevin and I should do a little man on the street type of thing here some some weekend, maybe after the holidays, and we'll just go to Hammond and ask random people on the street, like, why are you so miserable? Well, according to this article, you're not going to find a lot of people because the population has decreased so much. Y- you know, I bet there are some great towny bars up there at Hammond where we could just get some people as they're they're coming out. Like, I don't know, like say a Saturday afternoon at three o'clock, Kevin, what do you think? Yeah, that sounds good to me. Take security with you, please. <laughs> and and definitely don't go before the sun goes down. Yeah, there's probably some places with some neon signs and stuff with a couple letters that are out and, you know, bricks that are missing on the sides of the buildings. Yeah, that's and, my type of hangout. Yeah, that's why I figured you are perfect there. That, that seems like totally that would be right up your alley. I remember when I was 16 and my dad was getting transferred for his job in one of the cities that they talked about was Hammond. And he declined the offer. Well, it is interesting, right? No, we're not I, moving there. I mean, if you think about the the places, and this has happened all over the country. It's not just true in northwestern Indiana, but the places that have been hit hardest, and, and look, all over Indiana. I mean, you think about a place like Newcastle, which has started to make, I believe, some semblance of a, a comeback. But, but you know, Anderson is a num- another example, where if you get... It's almost like a sports franchise. Like you see this most times with sports franchises where they have you know a great quarterback for all these years. Like the Broncos went through this with, with John Elway or the Dolphins after after Dan Marino, where you, you have this great quarterback, but you're so invested in one thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like as long as we have this one thing, as long mm-hmm. as we have this one player, well, then that one thing, or in this case, you know, the one player in this case, the one thing goes away, where in this case, it was the uh, specific industry, mm-hmm. and we are wed to doing a specific industry in a specific way, and if there is no plan planning for the future on how you adapt for life after that industry, then you end up with places like Gary and Hammond and Newcastle and Anderson. Mm-hmm. And I think that really should be an eye opener to any sort of any person obviously living in communities, but also elected officials where you can't put all your eggs in one basket. Right, exactly. 24 minutes after nine, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC, and Elon Musk has confirmed data may have been hidden or deleted from the Twitter files. He says, he he does vow everything will be released and most important data was hidden from you and some may have been deleted. He says everything's going to be released and Jack Dorsey has demanded that the file be released unfiltered. So, Jack Dorsey's the former CEO, and I got to say to him, you had your chance. He founded the company. He was the largest shareholder. Don't criticize the guy that's doing the thing that you failed to do and had every opportunity to do it. To me, you know what that's like, Rob? It's like your wife asks you to hang up the Christmas lights. Yeah. She keeps asking you. Mm-hmm. You blow it off. You say, I'll get to it. And one day you come home from work and the lights are up. And you go inside, you take off your jacket, you throw your stuff down, and you say to her, hey, the lights are up, but they're crooked. (laughs) Okay, it's not done the way you wanted it, but it's done. You had your chance. Yeah, so Jack Dorsey decided he was going to be a tough guy and put something out on Twitter the other day, basically trying to allude to the fact that Musk was not releasing all the details in the Twitter files when it revealed what a just a terribly uh, corrupt, uh, totally in the tank organization Twitter is for Democrats and Democrat causes. And so he said, if the goal is transparency to build trust, why not just release everything without filter and let people judge for themselves, including all discussions around current and future actions, make everything public now. Mm -hmm. And so he's trying to be a tough guy. And Musk 
look, here's the thing. One of the things I love about Elon Musk, he has no time for no one's bull crap. He says, I am worth 180 whatever billion dollars and you are not. So kiss my ass. Mm -hmm. And and he fires back. He Musk fires back at regular people on Twitter. I also enjoy that. He, he told he basically told Dorsey people were not only people were hiding things not only from the public mm -hmm. they were hiding things from you in your own company because mm -hmm. that's what he said most important data was hidden in parentheses from you too t-o-o-o mm -hmm. mm -hmm. and some may have been deleted but everything will everything we find will be released so he's basically mm -hmm. telling dorsey these people are so corrupt and underhanded they were even lying to you and you were so willfully ignorant to it you were going along with it, even if you didn't know you were going along yeah, with it. Yeah, you didn't know what was going on either. Well, we're all going to know just soon enough as uh, more Twitter files get released. So uh, my least favorite anagram is in the news, AOC, and we're going to get to her coming up from 93WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. No, 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 just let it go. He saw I was going to talk. probably start doing those but are you supposed to do like you were because you were a, what you would say is a disc jockey for years right mm -hmm. yeah and uh, when you would do a new album of some sort mm -hmm. you would say you know that's so and so mm -hmm. and the album is so and so mm -hmm. and it's available at so and so yeah that's so exactly I'm gonna give that a shot we could crank that Bruce back Springsteen. up that's Bruce Springsteen <laughs> do I love you yes I do his new album. Available now at Karma Records. <laughs> Did I do it right? Close. <laughs> you, you wouldn't talk over the lyrics, though. Oh, really? You'd wait, sure. till, you'd wait till it's done? Yeah, well, yeah. Back sell it, front sell it. You okay, know, so, so like you know when they start singing, you have to stop talking. No, I thought you were... So we... Okay, so here's what here's what's interesting. Well, okay, so once they start singing, right? You could yeah. talk, what do they call it? Up the post, right? Yeah, up the instrumental part, the beginning of the song. Right. And then when they start singing, you have to stop talking. Yeah, yeah. But but did you have a deal where, where you would get on your uh, workers, your disc jockeys, about talking at the end of the song? Different stations have different rules. What was your what was your theory on that? Light, tight, and bright. Yeah. So 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 don't talk at the end of the song. Talk up the the intro of the next the, one. Up the post. Yeah. Yeah. Because we used to work. Casey and I, uh, when we first started working together, we found out we worked for the same guy mm -hmm. at one point, mm -hmm. and not at the same and time. And Hammer as well. No, I think we were all there at the same time. No, I'm talking about the guy at the Classic Rock Station. Oh, different guy. Yeah, okay. but you you know who I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I do know you who you're talking about. You work for him, too. Yeah. And he was very nice to you for some reason. Because mm -hmm, I was nice to him. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure that's what it was. Uh -huh. um, he was very adamant. <laughs> I was very effective at my job oh, as well. Sure. Successful, yeah, so absolutely. he appreciated that. No doubt. Yeah. I am woman, hear me roar. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I didn't cause uh, problems either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he was very adamant that you you uh, you never stop the music, right? And so it was you would never back talk. What do they call that? Back talk. Back, back sell. Back sell. Yes. Yeah, you don't back sell the previous. It, song. Everything's always moving forward. Just wait until the next one starts, and then you start right. talking. And normally you have between seven and twenty seconds to get it all in. That was my first job in radio, so I was like twenty-one, and I was the overnight guy. So it was like two to six 
a.m. Mm-hmm. And you have never lived, Kevin, until you have <laughs> lived in fear that a hotline light, it was like those lights we have here, only those are really, they're green mm-hmm. and they're not really like super... Uh, they don't scary. really. It's yeah. not like the red one, right? Yes, the back uh, phone's you have ringing. never lived, Kevin, until as a 21 year old kid, you have seen a white light start illuminating a room, mm-hmm. and you knew at 3 a.m. whatever was on the other end of that phone call mm-hmm. was not going to be pleasant for you. <laughs> I used to have a boss who would call me on that line, the hotline, uh-huh. and say, "Hey, if my wife calls, <laughs> tell her I'm out listening to the radio station." Uh-huh. So this was Sure you are. <laughs> okay. So this was in the early days of what we would call internet streaming. So I mean there was obviously there was internet streaming, but it is not near what it has become today. Right. And he used to listen on like speakers on his computer at home. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what this thing was streaming at. Maybe 24-bit, <laughs> maybe 32-bit. I don't know in 2005, six what internet capacity was. But we always used to sit there and ponder how you could possibly tell whether the song was going, quote, into the dirt on a 32-bit stream on computer speakers 1,500 miles from the radio station. (laughs) Well, you got the calls, huh? Yeah. Oh, I'm Uh sorry about that. See, I wouldn't have done that to you. I was much nicer than that. I didn't like hotlining You know, we've really grown weak in radio. That's the problem. Management has grown weak in radio. (laughs) You think so? (laughs) Because I was scared to death to do anything wrong, Casey. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, my hand would be shaking as I was attempting to talk up Elton John's funeral for a friend out of fear that I might not talk long enough that the song would not be hitting a point where people could, quote, hear the song. I used to think that I had so much responsibility. My very first time on the air, I threw up. (laughs) Threw up. I was so nervous. And that's when I was actually using albums. Yeah. I had to queue up the album. It wasn't digital like it is now. Kevin and uh, Casey and I were having this conversation with Kevin yesterday about, you know, because Kevin is young, he's mm-hmm. vibrant, um, he's quickly getting worn down by radio, but there's still some <laughs> some hope for young Kevin. I still got some life in me. That radio, when you started, not to say that you were around when Marconi invented the airwaves or anything like no. that, but you are slightly more seasoned no, than... No, but I am of the age where Hoover was the director <laughs> of the FBI. <laughs> that is true. When I was yeah, born. Yes, that's that's true. And I, this The other day, Casey was just beside herself and I tried to explain to her well he was like the director for 60 years was, there's a large was. window but where doesn't you, that sound really it old does, it does sound <laughs> old but I had to explain to you like that's not really that big of a deal if you are you know within a there are many many Gen Xers who were alive when, when uh, Hoover, Hoover was, was still the FBI director yeah. but we were trying to explain to Kevin now not to say Kevin doesn't do a great job I was just complimenting him saying how awesome he was doing but you really have it way too easy, Kevin, because all you have to do is you just (laughs) slide in there and you pod some buttons up and you pod some buttons down. And Mm -hmm. the most strenuous exercise you do is your index finger hitting that, (laughs) hitting that button. And there was a time. Yeah. When you had to queue up an album. Yeah. Where you were like spinning albums. Mm -hmm. You had, you were telling me you had index cards. Yeah. You used to have to do transmitter reading. Yes. You remember those? Oh, yes. It used to be actual work in being a disc jockey or being in radio. And, And that's why I have an FCC license because you actually had to make sure that the radio station was broadcasting you in the proper are, parameters. You are not old enough to have actually had to have an FCC Absolutely license. Absolutely I do. 
I'll, I'll, I'll dig it up and bring it in. Oh, and prove it yes. To you. <laughs> you must. I think it's laminated. Really? At this point. Well, yeah, because it's. But, but this is also why there was a once upon a time. a few years old. Kevin, you might have been making six figures and now you're making nine cents an hour. So it's a really <laughs> trade off. Like you can fall asleep on the job, but you're living in a shack somewhere. So, you know, you give, you get. You're right. <laughs> exactly. Well, this has been a, a fun walk down memory lane. We've got Abdul who's going to join us next, yes. right? When, and what are we talking with him about? Well, obviously, the big announcement yesterday was the non-announcement that uh, Holcomb may or may not run for Senate. So I want Abdul because they're best buddies to tell me what's going on. All right. That's coming up next from 93 WIBC. Good morning. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. It is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Casey's here. Let's go to the drivehubler.com hotline. He is an author. He's a broadcaster. He's a provocateur. The one and only Abdul Akib Shabazz. Joining us via telephone today as you are, uh, you're in court, right? Uh, yeah, over in Putnam County today. So I had to leave a little bit early and it was easy just to head out west as opposed to come downtown first and see your smiling face and cheerful disposition. Now, you, we should clarify, you were in court for someone else, not for yourself. Yeah, not, not, no, not for me. <laughs> Many <laughs> people would like it if you were in court for yourself, but uh, unfortunately not today. All right, so... If I'm, in, if I'm in court for me, we got a whole bunch of different <laughs> kind of issues going on. <laughs> All right, so let's start with, uh, we talked about this yesterday on the program, and that was the idea that Eric Holcomb is now perhaps pondering a run for United States Senate. And for those of you who missed it yesterday, he got asked about potentially running for U.S. Senate. Here was his quote, quote, we've got a long session, January through April. We've got to win that race and first and foremost. There'll be time for me to think about the future in the future, but it would be next to irresponsible for me to take my eye off the job that I've gotten. Now, you and I have both shared, I think, an agreement that he would not run uh, for statewide office in the foreseeable future, but this certainly sounded like he was keeping his options open. You buy it that he's actually pondering a run for U.S. Senate. Um, I think he, I think it probably crosses his mind every once in a while, but I think uh, Eric, having known Eric for years, is more concerned about uh, Indiana's immediate future. And, and next session, we've got the budget coming up. Uh, we got health care issues, education issues. Got to talk about reinventing education. Got some of the other peripheral uh, issues that are out there as well. So I think I think his priority is, of course, getting through uh, getting through the end of April and getting through the next session. And then there'll be plenty of time to talk about whether it's going to run for the for the U.S. Senate or not. Uh, like I said, I don't think it's a yes because if you say yes, then that changes the dynamics of everything politically in Indiana. And if you say no, then then your name is sort of taken out. No one talks about you. So I think it's sort of that that middle. Like, hey, you know what? It's I'm I'm focused on session right now. We'll worry about that. We'll, we'll worry about that bridge when it's time to cross it. You know, and you and I have talked about this, and we got into this last week about Suzanne Crouch running for governor. To many in our audience, it seems laughable to think, in the case of Suzanne, hey, someone who's totally attached at the hip with Holcomb could think they could get elected. Because in our audience, it's I think we have a lot more people. Who who kind of know what's going on and are in tune with what's going on and tend to skew more conservative. And so amongst our audience, there are many of the people that, in the case of the governor's race in 2020, crossed over and voted for, for Rainwater. But you made a good point, which is when you get out into a lot of these places outside of our listening area, and as Hammer describes in places that end in Ville, the, uh, the outrage is not nearly as much. And Suzanne Crouch 
could become the Republican nominee for governor and Holcomb could become uh, the Republican nominee for U.S. Senate because they still, as weird as this sounds to say out loud, they still probably have 35 or 40 percent of the Republican Party in the state. Yes, and that's what I would argue uh, about Suzanne Crouch running for uh, running for governor in a, in a primary. Because you got to remember, a primary voter is different than a, than a than a delegate convention delegate voter, which is different than a general election voter. Because you had sort of different mindsets in each one of those three things. And Suzanne Crouch is about they'll say about forty forty five percent of the quote unquote establishment vote. Then that's enough for her to do relatively well, depending on how many people get in the get in the governor's race. You know, got Mike Braun, you got Eric Godin talking about it. So from, so, so from that perspective, all things being equal, I would say the Suzanne Cross lieutenant governor wins. Now, it's also, you know, December 2022 and the election is until November 2024. Yeah. So the same. So the reason I mentioned that is if you're Holcomb and, and, you know, we said this before, like, well, look at the results of the convention. The delegates came out there and resoundingly rejected his his person because they're so mad at him. You made a great point on State House Happenings this morning. You said you got to remember, though, a delegate is not a primary voter. Explain. Uh, to be a convention delegate, you got to jump through a whole bunch of hoops. Number one, you got to got to fill out paperwork. You you got to get uh, elected to be a convention delegate, and then also you got to pay a fee. I mean, most people aren't going to do that unless you're hardcore, you know, true believers, whether it's ideologically or ideological or, or money or whatever. So to do all that, that's what you got to do to be to become a convention delegate. To become a primary voter, you don't have to do anything; just go declare a party and go vote. So that's why I say that the primary voter is a, is a lot different creature. Still conservative in Indiana, uh, more conservative than your general election voter. Uh, however, your primary vote is a totally different creature than your convention delegate. Yeah, Abdul joining us on the DriveHubler.com hotline. We're talking about the rumors that Eric Holcomb may be pondering a run for U.S. Senate. If you're Holcomb, and as you said, Abdul, as weird as it sounds for us to say, I think it's probably accurate statewide. He could get 35 to 40 percent of the vote potentially, depending on how much infinite money he has at his disposal. Are you looking at the fact of, hey, Jim Banks is probably definitely going to get in. Victoria Sparks is pondering getting in. Trey Hollingsworth might be getting in. And if you know, two or three of these people do get in and they're sort of pulling from the same pool, splitting up that remaining, whatever it is, 65, 60% of the vote, whatever it is, I could win this primary despite being loathed by, you know, 50% of the party. I could still win this primary based on the fact that if two or three of these people are in, they're splitting up the vote. Yes, because you got to remember, uh, in Indiana, to win a primary, you don't need a majority; you just need a plurality of, of the vote. So that's why you can have someone. That way, technically, if you have enough people in the race, somebody can win with twenty-five percent of the vote and become uh, become your nominee. Now, that brings up another question: Is do we switch to kind of do what Alabama did, which is sort of rank choice? Uh, do do uh, not rank choice voting? That was Alaska was rank choice voting, where you basically label your candidates one, two, three, four, and as the bottom drops out. You take your next pick, or do you have a runoff situation where if you can't, no one gets fifty percent, you start all over again. So I think that I think that is a a a, a deeper question for for another time. However, at the same time, you don't need a plural, you don't need a majority to win, just a simple plurality. Abdul joining us on the drivehubler.com hotline. Our friends over at Indiana Capital Chronicle had an interesting article the other day about voter turnout in Indiana, down 20% since the 2018 midterm. Now, that's not compared to 2020 when there was a presidential race. That's since the last midterm race, which was 2018. 20% Abdul, that sounds like a lot uh, that sounds like a lot of people. Are you surprised that that many fewer people showed up to vote in this midterm? 
Uh, no, not necessarily, because you got to remember what drives voter turnout. What drives voter turnout are candidates and issues. At, at the end of the day, you, you can make it as easy to vote as humanly possible. If people have no reason to come out, then what's what's the point? So I think candidates and issues drive the race. What I will, what I'd love to do is do a dive on places that had say, say school referendums on the ballot. Yeah. And what was their what was their turnout? Because I'm assuming that turnout was a lot more. Uh, but the fact you have so much gerrymandering in Indiana that you have a lot of people who ran unopposed. Then, then why come out and vote for your state senator or state rep if they don't have an opponent? And if you think, say, Todd Young is automatically going to win. Well, and so that's a great question, right? Like you, me, the people in Indianapolis media, we got super into the secretary of state race because Diego Morales is such an egregious candidate. And we said, well, surely people are going to show up in droves to reject this guy because who would want this unqualified goober running elections or, you know, running auto dealers or or running businesses in this state? But the reality seems to be the top of the ticket was a total snoozer in Todd Young and Tom McDermott. James Siniak didn't light anybody on fire. And so these down ballot races just really don't motivate people often other than maybe super local things like a school referendum. Exactly. And once again, it's issues and candidates will always drive voter turnout, which is why you had uh, such massive turnout, say, in the Georgia election race earlier, uh, the Georgia runoff earlier this year, because you had a, you had a spirited contest. So uh, so from that perspective, um, you, you got to remember that it is candidates and issues at the end of the day, and it always will be. Only three counties, according to Indiana Capital Chronicle, were above 51% of our 92 counties. So one out of every 30 counties, basically. Crawford, Spencer, and Union. That is there anything we can do? You're a teacher. You're, you're It's a final season for you guys at the college level. Is there anything that can be done other than, hey, it's a presidential year and Donald Trump is on the ballot and and Bernie Sanders is on the ballot. Is there anything we can do to motivate people to get more involved or want to be more interested? Or are we just are we done with that? And it's only people and candidates that motivate. Um, I would change if we're going to get more people to vote. I have to change. I have to change our system in a sense that get rid of from a from a strict straight primary system, either go to an open primary or or maybe sort of a runoff uh, type system, because at the end of the day, if it's just one person um, on the ballot in your in your in your legislative district, then one vote they they automatically won. Hopefully, because in, in the theory they voted for themselves. So, uh, before we let you go, uh, Mike Braun has an internal pullout that shows him up eight million points on the other three people. One already running, another likely running for uh, the Republican uh, primary for governor. That's Suzanne Crouch and Eric Doden. Do we take any stock in internal polls that are put out by candidates? Uh, not this early, no. I, 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 re- I really don't because, number one, it's it's an internal poll. And who's going to put out a poll that says, hey, we're losing? That's, yeah. that's not going to not gonna, not gonna happen. Uh, this is more for, for the donor class, for the political class, uh, to maybe sort of scare off types of opponents, that sort of thing. Yeah, there's. I mean, this poll shows Braun, Braun 47%, Suzanne Crouch 10%. There is no way Suzanne Crouch is getting 10% in a Republican primary for governor. I think you and I could both agree on that. Uh, exactly. That's why I, I, I take all this with with a big, giant uh, grain of salt, believe you me. All right. He's an author. He's a broadcaster. He's a provocateur. Today, he's an attorney, the one and only Abdul Akib Shabazz. <laughs> Thank you, my friend. Hey, thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. 93 WIBC. It's the Kendall and Casey Show.